0: Hello, my name is Pastor Greg Wolf. Welcome to the Jordan Assembly of God Church Sunday Service Podcast. The series that we are doing is titled Life in Christ. It is currently going through the book of Galatians. If you would like to listen to past podcasts, please go to agjordanmt.com and follow the links. Or you may also search for Jordan AG on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Podbean i'm glad you are here and i hope you enjoy this podcast now without further introduction life in christ good morning well i'm starting on time okay for me it's on time all right so psalms chapter one blessed is the man who waits not who walks not in the council of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper the ungodly are not so but are like the shaft which the wind drives away Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you, Lord God, that we can come together and fellowship with one another. And I pray that our hearts and minds will be open to you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that your word will just, will just speak to our lives. And I pray, Lord God, that you be glorified. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are on the last portion of the series Life in Christ. I only got to a part 12. I didn't even get to part 50 or part 60 or nothing. And it's like basically a three-point. I normally never do a three-point sermon anymore. Um, After about like the first year, year and a half of realizing that Normally I get through one point and people are pretty much, okay, I'm good with one point. So three points kind of went away, but, um, build up, do good and focus. And I always remember my, uh, my teachers going into telling me uh, that I need to focus. I need to focus in on what things are going through so that I make sure to pay attention so that I am, so that I'm aware of. And so build up, do good, and focus. So in Psalms chapter 1 that we read today, at the very beginning, who disciplines their actions to not follow ungodly advice, blessed is that man, who does not place themselves in ways that would require wrong. Let me explain that one in just a little bit here. There are people who make decisions that they stand in the path of sinners. They're not necessarily around them or they're around them, but they're not necessarily doing anything. But because they're in the path of sinners, they end up doing things that they know they shouldn't do just simply in order to get themselves out of whatever was caused by being in that path. Okay. So as an example, I know I shouldn't, but I wanted to hang out with my friends. And my friends did this, so I had to do this. All of a sudden, I put myself into a position that that may require me to do something that I shouldn't do, that I know I shouldn't do, but because of the path I'm standing in, I ended up finding myself doing exactly what I shouldn't be doing. Who do not stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, does not take rest or relaxation in mocking and making fun of and putting down others. The interesting thing about Psalms chapter 1, it all has to do with character, Notice that he's not harping on follow after the law. He's not harping after, I mean, he says to study the law, yes. But he's not harping that. He's saying have a heart and a character that does not do these things. And if you don't do the, you know, if you end up doing those things, you're going to find yourself in areas that are not going to find that blessing. But this mindset of law is based not on a have to, but a peace. The peace is generated by following, according to Psalms chapter 1, following the way. And that your life is found in truth. And this is true. Truth. This is the true life. Well, Greg, that sounds very familiar. You just said, this character finds peace in following the way, the truth, and the life. So basically what you could really actually say, this is blessed is the man that takes his life and makes God the priority and follows after him And how do we do that? Back in the Old Testament, it was by meditating on the law, and the law is still good. But now we have Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, in our hearts and by his spirit. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this is what the law points to in Romans chapter 10. Verses one through four, and I apologize—it's not up on the board. I had changed one portion of the of, of the presentation, and I epically failed to to um, to not apparently change the other one. But in Romans chapter ten, looking at verses one through four, which you're just going to be exactly like me—I'm flipping to the pages anyway. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for the righteous. And remember that that Greek word is actually more appropriately interpreted For Christ is the goal of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This is what the law points to. A character, a a moral integrity of a person's life that says, I will follow after God, I will serve God, I will pursue God. Christ is the goal of the law. However, the law, when dealing with those who refuse, for those who refuse to actually submit to the law, It is an obligation. It is a burden. It is a thing to avoid if possible. It is things. So we all know these people, and maybe even look in the mirror and see it a little bit times in ourselves when there's a law or a rule that we we know we don't really, we struggle with it. And then we kind of come up with that reasoning or excuse to say, well, it was okay in this situation. It was okay in this time. It was okay in this way. So and that's where judgment and that's where consequences happen. But that is the law to judge. We do not. We are not the judges. And in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And here's what's really intriguing. It it says to see clearly. Here's the thing. The amount of grace that God gives you to remove the plank out of your eye is going to give you the ability to be able to apply that amount of grace to the person you're helping to remove the speck out. Does that make any sense at all? When I realize that the plank is in my own eye, that I have my own issues that I am dealing with, that there is no soapbox that I can stand on to point fingers, and I realize that it's only by God's grace that I'm going to remove the plank out of my own eye, when I finally get around to seeing clearly enough so that I, so I can help another brother or sister out in with their speck in the eye, is it going to be one of judgment or is it going to be one of grace, understanding that it is by the grace of God that the plank was removed from my own eye? So, do you get to that point of helping people out? Yeah. But what Jesus is saying is that we don't, we don't need more people judging other people. What we need is people applying the grace of God to one another. So Paul in Galatians, in his final portion, in his final chapter, you're probably wondering if I'd ever get there. In Galatians chapter 6, build up. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, reassure such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Notice, you know, considering yourself, you don't want to slip into the same thing that they're actually getting involved in. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Okay. Trespass that greek word means unintentional sin it also means willful sin okay so a person unintentionally sins you know you can kind of see that you can be like yeah, okay you know that was a that was a mistake that was a mess up but this greek word also covers willful sin where a person fully completely knows that they are doing wrong and they did it anyway and what does paul say restore such a one mend such a one completely not halfway not a little bit oh I'm going to I, I'm going to take care of that person but you know what I just I, over there no 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 this is where you you go to that you go to that person or or they come to you and instead of be like well I can't believe you did that remember plank speck. Restore such a one. Bear one another's burdens. Consider one another what they are doing and what they're going through. Build up, don't tear down. Listen, if conviction needs to happen, turns out the Holy Spirit has a way better job at it than we are. And God knows how to walk a person through. And God knows how to minister to a person's heart. And God knows how to to build up and to encourage. And basically, what are we there for? We are there to be the hands and feet. We are there to be the people that are offering the love and to restore, knowing that we are all sinners, that we all need to be saved. And understanding that Paul isn't just talking about people who make a mistake, but also people who willfully do wrong, what do you do? You restore that person. You pray for that person. You build that person up. You do what needs to have happen. And there's not, we all know that a person has to come to the willingness to say, I am wrong. We know this. That's the only way that that person gets healing. But guess what? Long-suffering is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And a part of that long-suffering is being willing to, to walk that person through. That's not easy. In no way, shape, or form. I, let me put it to you this way I am really happy that God didn't look at me and say, Well, you made your bed, now live in it. I am really happy that God loved me through my life and is continuing to love me through my life because. There's no way I would have made it. I am here today because of what God has done in my heart and in my life. So build one another up. Next one, do good. In verse 6, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Keep going. Keep pursuing. Do what is good. Well, but they're treating me badly. Do good. I can't get along with this person. Do good. I struggle with doing this. Do good. It doesn't in, in no way, shape, or form does Paul ever mention the fact of, well, if they treat you such and such a way, then you can treat them good. Or you can do good. No, it's do good no matter what's going on. In the good times, and the bad times, do good. If there's a question on whether or not to actually like, step, uh, step up and actually do something for a person, do good. If you don't know what to do, go for the best good that you can do in that situation. Aim for that. Lastly, focus. Therefore, as we have opportunity, meaning to notice where the opportunity is coming, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And then he goes on and he says, see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand, as many as desire to make a, make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to, to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. The whole entire purpose is, is that there was people and there was leaders and it was like, well, yes, but in order, you know, yeah. Okay. You want to believe in Jesus? Yes. And that's salvation, but you still need to be circumcised. You still need to follow this and you still need to do this and, and following all these laws. Now, here's the thing. If you are an individual and you look at that and you're like, I really want to follow these by all means go do so. But It's not a, you know, like in the entire book of Galatians, Paul has very much indicated the fact that circumcision and following after, like, so that you are under the bondage of law is not where it's at. It is by the grace of God we're saved. It is not by following or by doing. It is by the grace of God. How do you change? It's by the grace of God. How is your life changed? It's by what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts. Okay, the word is the instruction unto righteousness. And what he says here, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may, that they may boast in the flesh. See, this many people have come and they've, and they've been circumcised. This is a really interesting thing because basically what we're dealing with is we're dealing with a relationship that changes lives. We're dealing with a relationship and really quite honestly, it's a lot like marriage, but even deeper. In a marriage, if you've been married more than six months to a year or have been in any relationship, even a friendship, six months to a year. You deal with the fact that there are certain times where you're going to have to realize in order to maintain a friendship or relationship or a marriage with this person, I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to be different. The hard part is when the other person is telling you how you need to be different and you don't agree. I'm just saying. And you're like, "Well, how is that? How is that the same as marriage?" Well, I'm tell you what, God is always talking. I'm just saying. So he's always ministering to our heart he's always telling us and always forming us and always molding us in a certain way and always picking out the things in our lives that we think are important that really are not important and he's always doing this and this affects our lives so when we're when we are at this deal of focusing in on Christ and focusing in on God and coming in and really, truly wanting this relationship to work. It is not about a set of do's and don'ts. It's all about following in, falling in love with God through Jesus Christ that changes our hearts and lives. I don't follow God because I have to. I follow God because I want to. You can't take that from me. You can take every Bible in the whole entire world, and you'll never be able to take the relationship I have with God through Jesus. I still remember, it was like a missionary, it's a missionary story, so if you've been to any missionary class, and I guess this is fitting because this is Missionary Sunday, but there was a person that was put in prison, And I can't remember exactly what book of the Bible he ended on, but he was in prison so long that he had written on the walls almost every single, because he had it memorized, so he wrote on the walls. Every single scripture that he had had memorized. And you know what? I've I've heard, the story goes, is that people who later on went into that room started reading it and would find God through reading the walls of prison. So don't tell me that God's message isn't everywhere, because it is. So don't tell me that that person didn't have a relationship with God because they did. So I'm not saying follow after God because you have to, because it's a set of do's and don'ts. And, you know, if you don't, you don't get to go to heaven or, you know, and everything else like that. And, and, and. You know, maybe that might be interesting to you. But the thing about it is, is that what I really, truly, the gospel of the message of the gospel is a message of salvation. It's not a message that says, well, you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell type of message. It's the kind of message that says, listen, do you want to know? Remember the one question. Do you want to have a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth? And if you do want to have a a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth, find Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Find Jesus Christ as a Messiah and have that relationship build into something that's greater. Who knew when you got into a friendship how important that friend is going to be to you? Who knew how important the, the, the relationship that you have with your husband or with your wife is going to be so important to you? Who knew that? Nobody knew that except for God, who's the creator of heaven and earth. Did I know all the stuff that was going to happen when I asked my very, very lovely wife to marry me? No, probably because I'd be running screaming. But God did. I can't tell you what your relationship with God is going to look like, but I can tell you that that relationship is going to change your life. And I can tell you that in the end, you're going to be able to look at the mirror and you're going to be able to see yourself in the mirror and you're going to be able to say, you know what? God has done a great, marvelous work in me. And that's everything in the world. So finally, very last piece of this. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Notice that crucifixion, you don't die because because of of anything else. I mean, Jesus' heart broke and busted in, in his life because of the amount of pressure. But you don't die because of a wound. You die because of suffocation. So when he's saying, the world has been crucified to me, it's basically saying, The world does not have the sustenance that I need to live. And then he says, I to the world. The world looks at me. The world looks at my relationship and says, what's that? Remember what the scripture says. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but a new creation, which is what you and I are for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And in verse 16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear to my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And basically, what he's saying, he's like, don't offer me reasons for circumcision, don't offer me reasons for the law, don't offer me reasons for all these things. I already bear the marks. I have made the choice, I've made the decision, I follow after Jesus. I am a bond servant of the Lord God Almighty. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. I always struggle with endings, you know that? I always struggle with endings because I always want to go back and actually reread the book again. you know, I always want to go back because I don't want it to end. I don't I don't want a book to end. I just want it to continue. And that's the cool thing about the relationship with God is it never ends. It's into eternity. And so the summary of this entire book, do not put anything between you and the relationship with God and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. That freedom, you can't find anywhere. That kind of love and that grace and the peace, you can't find anywhere. It's a very freedom that, that, that David wrote in Psalms chapter 1. And that freedom is for us to grasp onto through knowing Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. That is the message of salvation. That is the message of freedom. That is the message of change. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord God, that as we gather together, we're about ready to to join in a remembrance of the price that was paid. I pray, Lord God, that you may bless this time. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.